This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday, and you know that means the date day edition is in store. We're ready. Paula is here live in studio, and we would love to have your phone calls and questions. If you need any encouragement, then we'll wait for your phone calls. I'm Pastor Ron from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions all you have to do is pick up the phone and call. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically at 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Uh, and if you are... Um, have access to our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. You can send questions that way as well. Um, another reminder, if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Uh, just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. The rest of it will be hands-free. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Thanks for tuning in, Paul. You got an audience. Hello out there, my <laughs> sweet audience. I love you. And um, it's good to be here. Another Thursday has come, and I've been hanging out with my boyfriend, as you guys well know. And some of the kids used to say, I thought Pastor Ron was your husband. You have a boyfriend? One in the same. <laughs> One in the same. He's my, my husband, my boyfriend, my best friend. Let's see. There's other things, but we're just, you know, <laughs> private stuff. <laughs> anyway, love you guys. I'm glad to be here. What's on your heart today? Oh, let me see. I am, I was telling uh, the new producer, you know, the stand-in guy today, that I don't want to cry on the show today. And he's like, well, why would you cry? Well, because you, Because you usually do? Sometimes I'm <laughs> crying because I'm sad. Sometimes I cry just because, like, they're tears of joy, like when, when uh, you know, a couple of Two or three weeks ago, a man named Glenn called in who's, you know, married to a godly woman, and he's all excited because he's found this real new relationship with Jesus. I was like, oh, my goodness. And then, you know, when, when like, uh, Reuben calls in or when Jimmy called in, and there he and, and his family, you know, are, are recovering from all of the stuff, you know. Um, so then I cried tears of joy there. But... Sometimes I, I might cry because, like last night I came to church, I was telling my new producer, um, and I saw some of the people, um, like the worship team, 
that came back from vacation, and I went to go hug my Jocelyn, and it was like, oh, I can't hug you in church, you know, because, you know, we got the mask on, and we're not supposed to be hugging. And then I just thought, this is just not right. I should have took her outside in the back, <laughs> sneaked a hug, and came back in church. But because I'm the pastor's wife, the senior pastor's wife, the guy, you know, we don't want to get him in trouble any more than he already has been. So I didn't hug her. I was just like bummed out. Well, in the spirit of openness, <laughs> I told her, I need a meeting with you. Oh, okay. In my office, mm-hmm. just for a couple of moments. Yeah. We came in the office and we hugged. Oh, you see, so, I so wish I thought of that. You now. know, Paul, let's talk about that for a couple of minutes because people don't get it. Um, you know, people think, what's the big deal? Don't hug, you know. Um, um, they, they don't understand what a church body's like. You know, in the early church, it was greet one another with a holy kiss. Yeah. And it wasn't just a formality. They depended on one another. They they loved being around one another. Well, Calvary Chapel of San Antonio has been like that for 25 years. Yeah. From the very beginning, mm-hmm. we gave all of our hearts, and in return, people gave all of their hearts, and they became family. Yeah. And there is just nothing stranger, and it is sad to come in and wave at somebody, and that takes the place of the physical contact that I believe with all of my heart is supposed to happen in a church. And it's just something that personally I'm not going to get used to. I don't want to get used to it. I don't want the body here to get used to it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to let this uh, virus change who we are in Christ. Uh, I want to reach out to the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and the confused. Uh, and I want them to know that this is a place where they're going to encounter the love of God. Yeah, yeah. In fact, looking around at, at some of the people, and I don't know, you know, I am not a conspiracy type person, you know, at all. Except this is so weird because, you know, we have masks on and it's like I turn around and there's a bunch of criminals. That <laughs> <laughs> I told a couple of them. I'm staring at you because I'm not real sure who you are. Oh, yeah, you're the criminal number three, you know, kind of a thing. But you know, I, I can barely see them when they're I know. 10 feet away from me without a mask. Yeah. But within masks, uh-huh. it's amazing how much people look alike in a mask. <laughs> but, but just the idea that when somebody comes in new to our church, it's always been this way. And they, they, I introduce myself to them. I let them know I'm a hugger, if that's okay. And they'll say, typically, yeah, it's okay. And, yeah, yeah. and they just kind of melt. Yeah. And that's the kind of fellowship, that's the kind of relationship that we've always had with the people here at Calvary Chapel. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. It's like we're not in church, although we're doing churchy stuff. Uh-huh. We've forgotten maybe for a minute who the church is, and it's the people. Yeah. And they're the ones that are the object of our love, God's love through us. Yeah. And we can't do that. It's hard. It's real hard. And I can't tell you how many, and this is not to pat myself on the back. This is the Lord before we left California. Uh, one, he, I wanted to know everybody's name that came in and out. I wanted to be sure, and this is him putting this in my heart. I wanted to be sure to um, give a hug either on their way in or on their way out. He's had me run out to the, in the parking lot to say, uh, excuse me, pardon me, I saw you come in and I didn't get to say hi to you. I'm so sorry. But at least I want to say 
goodbye. Welcome to Calvary Chapel San Antonio. Uh, but I can't tell you how many people over the years have come here and, you know, for the Lord. You know, we want to be his, his heart and his arms and his eyes to see people. Um, how many have said, that hug you gave me? You have no idea. You have no idea. I needed it so badly that day. How did you know? And I don't get to hug or say hi to everybody, but there are sometimes, even when I've been on, especially when I'm on the worship team, because I'm able to look out and see new people. I'm able to look out and see some who aren't so new, who you can tell they're hurting. And because we don't have the meet and greet time anymore, that's been eliminated to go and see the real hurting people. Because I can even stand up when we turn around, you know, because I'm turning around to see who is there so I can say hi to everybody and read them what my math says. You know I want to hug you, dot, dot, <laughs> dot, but I can't. <laughs> but I can see the hurting people, and I really can't go to them and offer any kind of consoling you know, our meet and greet time, Paul, is one of the things I miss the most. Yeah. Um, um, we have a rather robust meet and greet mm-hmm. we've had for all these years. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it runs too long and it shorts other things. But, but the idea no, it, is... No, it extends Sam's uh, announcement time. <laughs> <laughs> but but we, 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 we want people to know they matter. Yeah. And, and if you take out the physical element of fellowship, um, it's just... Hard and and people are sort of defensive now, and they're, you know, it's it's. I, I just don't want this thing to change who we are. I, I never wanted to be like every other church. Yeah. I wanted to be a church where people would come here and they would know that God is here, that He loves them, and that the people of God love them. And we've done really well with that for twenty five years, and suddenly it's all snatched away yeah. in an instant. Paula, let's take a break. You can. Remember where we are. Let's take a phone call. Danny is calling on line one from San Antonio. Danny, thanks for calling today. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron and Mama Paula. Uh, Hi, Danny. Hi. It's Danny. Hello. And, and I remember you, Danny. <laughs> Hi, Mama Paula. Hi, my Bella. Uh, we Hi, miss guys. you so much. Mostly you, Bella. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Danny, that's not right. That's all right. I know. She's cute. <laughs> she is cute. So, I have a, a couple of questions and um, of Scripture and then a prayer request. Okay. But, um, okay, so uh, Matthew chapter 28, uh, this verse 53, this is um, after the Lord has given up his, his spirit, and then in verse... 53, it says, and, and I have the New King James Version, and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, and that's my question there, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So, but Jesus hadn't been resurrected yet, so is he just kind of like saying, well, this was um, after, when he got, when he resurrected, then they came to the holy city? Uh, I'm just I just want clarification on that. And then the other question was um, on John chapter twenty, verse twenty-three. If you, I, I'm, I don't understand this. Uh, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. 
if you retain the sins of any, they are, re- are retained. Now, I know there's more scripture, uh, the two verses before that, that, you know, he's talking to, um, you know, the apostles. Um, but if you can provide clarification to those two uh, scriptures, and then if, if you guys can, and, and all those listening, if you can pray for Belle's mom in the Philippines, her name is Maria, and um, she she just she needs some prayer. Okay. She has um, high blood pressure. So. Okay, D- Danny, can I ask you to give me the the for John? Is it John twenty twenty three? Yes. Okay. And hey, what's the one in Matthew? I got it. Okay. I got it. Thank you very, very much, Danny. I'll, I'll get those questions. And let me start out, Paula. Why don't you quickly pray for Maria? Okay. Father, we just come before you on behalf of Maria. She's so far away, Lord, and we can't go and visit her and find out, you know, how she's doing. We can't help her, Lord. Uh, and so, Father, we are relying upon you to take care of Bella's mom over there in the Philippines. Lord, please. Um, with all of the stuff going on, uh, anxiety and high blood pressure can just run rampant. So we are asking you, Lord, to hold her in your arms, whisper in her ear, peace, be still. Take care of her, Lord, and, and give us a good report very, very soon. Um, comfort Danny and Bella right away. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Um, Danny, a couple of things. The first, the first, uh, the second passage, John chapter twenty, uh, verse um, twenty-three. If you forgive anyone his sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Um, Jesus, no, no. Here, here's the commission. You got to go to the, the verse before that. It says, "And he breathed that, and with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit.' Now, this is the power that they're going to need to fulfill the commission." And so verse 23, here's their mission. If you forgive anyone his sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. Now, this doesn't imply at all, and I know that Catholic priests at times misrepresent uh, this passage, saying, well, see, only a priest can forgive sins. Uh, that's simply not true. What he's saying, the mission, I'm sending you to tell people about this glorious gospel, about what I've done for them. And then by the power of the mission that I've been given you, if you pronounce forgiveness of someone's sins, it's going to be because they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So you can confirm that their sins are forgiven. You know, uh, Danny and Bell, we, we, we've always had people who um, have a hard time. I was one of them at the beginning when I got saved. Had a hard time believing that God could forgive me. I'd done so many horrible things, and then somebody says, you know, just believe in Jesus and you're going to be saved. And I used to tell Paula when she was praying for me all those years, it's not that easy. It can't be that easy, but it really was. And so the disciples who would be apostles, their message is simply this, forgiveness is found at the cross of Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins, be born again, and I will pronounce your forgiveness. Again, it's not their power to forgive, but they understand the power of the message. And so he also, in the negative, he puts it, if you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. Uh, There are a lot of people, you remember when Peter, Paula, was with uh, Simon the sorcerer. And Simon believed, he knew that the message that Philip proclaimed was real. Now John and and Peter show up and the the Holy Spirit's power comes on people. 
And Simon the sorcerer wants to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. And Peter said, and I'm, not, I'm going to be indelicate here. Peter mm-hmm. said, may your money go to hell with you mm-hmm. because you thought you could buy mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and so what Peter was telling Simon is, look, their sins are forgiven, but your sins aren't forgiven because your heart hasn't been changed. So, Danny, that's the, the explanation there. The other passage was Matthew 27. He said Matthew 28, yeah. but it's Matthew 27. And uh, it's referring to uh, the tombs broke open in verse 52, and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Now, Danny and Bell, we don't have any idea who those holy people were. We don't know if they were the old tombs that, that had you know, some of the, the great saints of the church in them or not, or whether they were people that recently died, but people that really were looking for Jesus. But here's what we know, that when Jesus gave up his spirit and the, the veil in the temple was torn, at that time, the tombs broke open. That was an earthquake, and the shaking broke the tombs open, and those holy people were raised to life. And then it says they came out of the tombs. Now, if we read that correctly, it just means that they didn't stay in the tomb. A a tomb is no place for a a living person. So they came out of the tombs, and then it adds this, after Jesus' resurrection, that means on the third day, they went in the holy city and appeared to many people. And I'm sure, Paula, that their message was, boy, have I got good news for you. He was dead, but now he's alive. And imagine if that was somebody that you knew. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I know that this had an effect. This is the only gospel that adds this. And I know it had a profound effect because for the next 50 days, the people would be thinking about this. What was that? How did it happen? And then Peter proclaimed that message on the day of Pentecost. And and he told him, you killed God, but you can be forgiven. What shall we do, brothers? And, of course, we know that 3,000 men were saved on that day. So the... the um, Order, Danny, is important. They came out of the tombs um, when the tombs were broke open, but they stayed there. And after Jesus' resurrection, they too had a mission. Paula, one of the things that we have to remember is that everybody that God uses is sent on a mission from God. And I like that. That's exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. I like that really, really well. And one of my things I was reading today, I think it was, well... Maybe I'll get to it later. I'll look it up. Um, talking about the people of God raising, rising up and going out. They'll go out in tears to plant their seed, but they'll come back harvesting. So, you know, even reading that was kind of encouraging uh, that we'll be, some of us are in our tombs, in our houses. We'll be raised up again and the, and we'll go out again and we have that great message yeah i was dead i thought i was going to die you know that's what they told me truthfully we're we're all supposed to be dead spiritually anyway yeah and and and, you know die to flesh and live to live to the spirit yeah and we got a great message and you know so many of us have already been raised up and we're you know for me um i mean i i think i've been pursuing the lord even harder than before you know we can get so comfortable and complacent and you know we can go through the motions playing church but you know let a difficulty hit and you know the lord has 
I'm afraid I'm a scared person. But the Lord has used certain things in my life to let me know. Yeah, you're afraid, but you're not going to stop. When we were homeless back in the day, and I went from the glazed Italian tile, white carpeting, a house where I had a housekeeper um, come to the house every other week and did the major stuff. Um, With a dog and two boys, I have white carpeting. (laughs) It was always clean. The glazed Italian tile had to be not with a a mop, but you had to put the Windex on it and wipe it by hand. That is the hallway, the kitchen, and the family room, and the bathrooms all by hand. That's what that lady would come and do. The big California shutters that she would clean. So I went from that to being in a third of a garage with fleas and ticks. And I didn't complain. The Lord was with me in both places. And, you know, he he showed off for me. And I can say, Jesus is enough. I've learned the secret. I like the the white carpeting. Don't get me wrong. The glazed Italian towel house and that lady who would come in. Today it would be a hardwood floor. Oh, yeah, today would be a hardwood floor. Um, I liked all of that, but I loved the fact that Jesus went with me when we lost everything to the garage as well. And so being raised up out of that ugly tomb, <laughs> I'm able to say, but he will sustain you. He will provide all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Um, and when you have suffered a little while, and that was kind of a suffering, though it proved that my faith really was genuine. And there's been some other things between then and now that have happened. But here I am, all by Jesus' doing. And so... You know, I, I, I when I come on this show on Thursday, this is my prayer before we even pray here, and the new producer prayed today, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Mama Paula this week. But anyway, my prayer is always, Lord, I want to be a source of encouragement, you know. Though I'm kind of sad and I can get a little angry because of all of the stuff that's going on, I still have great joy because I know that I'm right in the middle of God's will. Um, I'm not hopeless at all. Like you were saying, you're sad for some people that they're letting the enemy rip them off and their fear is over, overwhelming their faith. At the same time, um, I still really have, I have great joy knowing that I'm in the middle of this perfect, pleasing, acceptable will and that God who owns his own children, he's, he's got them in his bosom. He's got them in earshot, and he's able to uh, rise them up out of their tombs, and they have a great message. They just, we just all have to come to our senses, that's all. And he's, he's in charge of all that. And so my hope is there, and my joy is there, and I've been having a great time. Yeah. You know, Paul, and, and I'll, I'll expound on this um, um, uh, on the other side of the break, but 
if if we can only serve God joyfully when the church is full and they've got a lot of money and everything is going well and everybody's loving and hugging on one another, then we don't understand our hope is in the wrong thing. Um, if our circumstances change, um, if 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 people who are hurting aren't able to be ministered to, um, Jesus is still there. He's there for them. He's there for us. And we've got to keep our eyes on him. Um, and it's hard. It's hard at times. Yeah. We're, we're like everybody else. You read about all the prophets, those who were taken in exile. Jeremiah stayed in, in uh, Judah. And, and uh, Ezekiel went into exile in Babylon. Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego went into exile. Um, you know, there was times when, when clearly they'd say, well, why is this happening? Well, God always gave them answers. And then they had a choice to make. Are we going to hold on to him? Or are we going to be absorbed into the culture of Babylon? And, and you know, at the end of 70 years of captivity, only 50,000 Jews, of the millions taken, only 50,000 of the Jews returned when they had the opportunity to the place God told them to go. Only 50,000. For us, 50,000 sounds like a lot. Yeah. But compared to the millions... I can I can see the tears running down the Lord's face. Yeah. I can feel his broken heart. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we have to really understand. A little bit more on this on the other side of the break. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the day-to-day edition of the program. We'd love your live calls and questions. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the word to stand up for life. We'll be back in two minutes. If you have questions about the Bible, you can send them to Pastor Ron and he'll answer them on the air or reply directly to you. Email your questions to PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. That's PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to our date day show. We've got 30 minutes left. Let's go right to the phones and talk with Ellis from Alamo Ranch. I know who this is. Ellis, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. I just wanted to let you know that I received your email, and I oh, wanted to heart. thank you, yes, for your encouraging words. And um, not only has it been a year since uh, my ordination, uh, this Sunday will be one year since our first Sunday service as Calvary mm-hmm. Chapel Northwest. Yeah. And um, although we are an independent fellowship, I really consider our work as an extension of Calvary Chapel, uh, San Antonio. And Kelly and I are just so, so grateful for the example that you and Mama Paul have been and continue to be to us. We, we just love you guys so much, and we just want to continue this work until Jesus comes. Well, bless your heart. Um, Thank you. Pl- please do a f- us a favor and send everybody on your birthday uh, on Sunday our love. 
And you might tell him that it's also Paula's birthday Sunday, and um, you can you we're all celebrating great birthdays together. So uh, I love you guys, and thank you very much for the work you're doing for your faithfulness and for your steadfastness. Fastness. And give those grandbabies a big kiss for me. Sure will. Happy birthday, Mama Paula. We love you. <laughs> thank you. Happy birthday, Calvary Happy Chapel birthday Northwest. To- yeah, that's right. Happy birthday, honey. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you. I love that. Three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. Paula, before you get started again, mm-hmm. I was thinking about Jesus giving his disciples, who will now be apostles, their mission statement: uh, go preach the word, forgive sins, tell them about this glorious gospel. And I believe now in in my lifetime, and I'm getting pretty old. In my lifetime. I've never seen an opportunity like the one that we have right now to bring new people into the body of Christ. I'm not talking about church growth. I'm not talking about uh, uh, adding more people to Calvary Chapel. I'm talking about we live in the middle of a people right now who are terrified and being terrorized by an enemy, by all of the, the, the ugly, constant flow of news. And people are frightened, and we alone have the answer. I said, Paula, uh, when this pandemic began, when the quarantine just started, I, I, I talked to Calvary Chapel the way a pastor, I think, should. This is going to be a hard time. Um, I think God is going to use this pandemic to shake out his church. He's going to separate the real believers from those who are just casual believers or sort of hangers-on. And I think we've seen that happen over these now, I don't know, five months of, of sort of being shaken out. And I think it's true for every church, Paula. I think that we have a whole bunch of people who are questioning their faith. Some are questioning their, their salvation even. They've fallen out of fellowship. They stay locked in their homes because of fear. And again, I'm, you know I'm not talking about people who really need to stay home. Um, and they've just sort of, like Hebrews chapter 2 says, they've drifted away from that passion and that commitment that they once had. And I think this in these last days is God shaking out his church. And for those of us who are left standing, we have the single greatest opportunity to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen from the dead, that I've seen in my lifetime as a Christian. Mm-hmm. When people are afraid, they want answers. We are the only ones that have answers with hope. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking uh, the other day, uh, our joy of Jesus outreach that we're probably more than likely not going to have today. Uh, the city's not going to let us gather yeah. thousands of people, Travis Park, unless we call it a protest. <laughs> We will riot against the devil. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, what I was thinking is, you know, that's such an exciting and a big ministry for us. But that's a whole group of our church going out to minister to our city one day. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds. Hundreds. Seven, eight hundred people go. Uh-huh. Uh, one day. And we're all excited about that. Uh, but are we going next door? Are we going across the street? Are we going and ministering to people at the HEB? That's my third ministry. (laughs) Uh, I have you, this church, and HEB. Are we going? Or are our groceries being delivered? 
are we staying inside and we don't know who lives with on the right or the left of us? Um, and so all these things have been going through my mind. That's, that Joy of Jesus is our big ministry, and it's awesome. And the whole church that Sunday when we come back, we are buzzing. But what about now? What are we doing now? Um, pray for our, my next door neighbor. Our next door yeah. neighbor. Well, I was going to say one of the things that you've been doing uh, so so faithfully. Uh, we have some fairly new neighbors um, right next door to us, and uh, they're having all kinds of difficulties. Um, they represented themselves as a married couple when they moved in, and it turns out they're not married, and mm-hmm. there's lots of screaming and just difficulties going on. And you've been over there on a consistent basis every time that you see them, mm-hmm. um, just sharing Jesus with them, telling them that things can get better. It doesn't have to be like this. Yeah. Um, this is the opportunity that we have. People are home. And um, we've we've got, I, I know this is just redundant, but we've got the only message of hope, and people are open to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity. And so pray for my neighbors, because only she is there now. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I said, you know, you need to have, you need to invite Jesus into your life. And she did say, yes, I, I, I know. And I said, are you ready now? And she said, well, kind of shook her head. But then some other things happened. But then I sent her a text the other day. I said, I hope you are serious about that. And when you are ready, please let me know. You know where I live. You know where I live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what's, what's next on your... You know, I was thinking, too, for, for us as Christians, the last thing I saw as I left our house is this little plaque. It's about eight or nine little vases with flowers. It's a, port- a little picture with flowers. And then there's, you know, they're all the same except for this one. And the scripture says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And for me, Pastor Ron, the only way that's been able to happen is um, for me to be in the word, even when I'm doing yard work, and I've been doing yard work again, you know, fully dressed in my sweatsuit. Um, uh, she has a mosquito yeah, phobia. Phobia, yeah. They're out there. They're out there to get me, just me. And and some of them, it seems, way more than she does. <laughs> some of them. And some of them look like, seem like they're talking to me while, while they're trying to sting me. Say, so I got other people. I got other mosquitoes in a minute coming to get you. So I'm just, that's crazy, but I am kind of crazy. But um while I'm out there, I'm listening either to mostly Christian music because I'm moving around. But when I'm in the house working out, I'm listening to um, Calvary Chapel Studies, whether it's you or, or uh, Pastor Will. Um, and so I'm filling my mind, you know, re-listening to the Sweet Summer Devotions. But I'm filling my mind and being encouraged and strengthened by the Word of God and not being... Um, filled with fear or questions or doubts because I'm watching or listening to too much of the other stuff. And so when when things happen, this is what God does for me. Instead of running away to other things, I run to the presence of Jesus. And, and then he helps me to lift my, my head up higher and higher. 
um, even in the midst of, of sadness or, you know, kind of I can get angry at all the lies. I was listening to a, a, a pastor today from California where he was saying, you know, there's like 8 million people and uh, 8,500 have died with COVID, not because of COVID necessarily, even though that's what they say uh, sometimes. That's zero zero point two percent and we want to close down the state so um i was thinking man if i listen to the hype of the news i'm going to be conformed that way but if i really check out and i know we're all afraid that that zero zero point two might include me but really will it um and so the Lord was saying, you know, we just need to be disciplined to focus on the real thing, the main thing. And um, that's been what's been helping me. Well, that's, that's because the last part of the first part of the next verse, it says, but be ye transformed. And it tells us how, by the renewing of your mind. Yep. And when Christians aren't taking advantage of that renewal, and, and renewal just means new thinking. Mm-hmm. Replace the old stuff. Replace the flood of news that comes in. Replace the, the onslaught of everybody's opinion and the, the, the online debates and arguments. Uh, we've got to dismiss all of those things. And the only way we can do that is to let the supernatural word of God do a supernatural work in our mind. Mm-hmm. And it refocuses us and re-channels us. And um, Paul goes on to say that that is a reasonable service. Mm -hmm. I had a young man come to me last night at church. And he's struggling. um, Not doing anything wrong. And he's a wonderful young man. But, you know, he's, he's at home. He's shut in. He's reading things. And he said, you know, I just haven't been doing very good being in the Word. And I told him, this is a time to toughen up. It's nothing more than discipline. It doesn't matter whether you feel like it or not. Now, there's nothing wrong with reading other stuff. There's nothing wrong with having other interests. However, the first thing that we ought to do daily is renew our minds in the Word of God. Set out sort of a a level path for us to walk throughout the day. God knows everything's going to happen to us in in the day. We, We go to the morning. He can prepare us for it. But we've got to do it, and if we don't discipline ourselves to do it, if we don't train our minds, Mm -hmm. then we're going to get caught in the trap, and the enemy is just hanging around, sort of wringing his hands, waiting for that moment when he knows he can pounce. And the minute we get a little bit of distance from Jesus, boom, we've got to stand (laughs) firm. Yeah. Be ye immovable, Paul says. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a whole bunch of Christians, and I'm talking about real Christians, people that love God, people that are going to be in heaven forever. A whole bunch of Christians have moved. And and, and they can blame it on the pandemic. They can say, well, you know, we're just being wise. We're just being cautious. Uh, The truth of the matter is that they're moving. Moving. Yep, sad. Okay, I'm going to change just a little bit. Right here, Pastor Ron, because, you know. It's your show. It's my show. Okay. (laughs) So, Sweet Summer Devotions. We had, uh, you know, the theme is, I called, you answered. And so, it's from Romans 10, 13. Anybody who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. And so, Melissa uh, 
just talked Monday, and she said, if I was going to title my message, you know, when anybody says that, I'm already writing it down. That is your title. <laughs> and so uh, she said it would be a tale of a broken, lonely, unloved little girl. And um, she she really kind of focused on the little girl, um, but those are the formative years, you know. And that's why I'm, I know the Lord says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're older, they won't turn away. Well, she didn't have that as a little girl, and then she just she says what we say around here a lot, people are the way they are for a reason, even as adults. And you and I say this all the time when we're watching a movie or watching a show of any kind, any kind. The man or the woman almost always says this, all I wanted was my parents to say that they love me and they are proud of me. Right? Mm -hmm. And when that doesn't happen, that forms a person to fend for themselves, um, start looking for love in all the wrong places and in way too many faces. Um, and yet we're talking about being transformed and then conformed to the likeness of Christ. Uh, with Melissa, she she said that they, she, they had a picture of Jesus in their home, and yet nobody was really paying attention to this Jesus, but she was transfixed on the hole that the nail made. And she said she would just kind of dig her finger around in that one of those holes, thinking, what is the point of that? Why? Why would he do that? Why is this picture even here? And she had to find out. Over her lifetime, she found out. And when she found out about this Jesus, she said she devoured the word. Devoured the word. And um, she found out that once saved, all the darkness that's in your life, that the blood of Jesus covers it. And she said... All that sadness, that darkness, the pain um, of not being or feeling valuable at all, um, and who he sees you as, things change. Yeah. You know, you said a moment ago that um, so many of us, all we wanted was our parents to say they love us and they're proud of us. And, and, and instantly the Lord spoke to my heart and said, well, I'm kind of the same way because all I want it's for my children to know how much I love them yeah. and how proud of them I are. Yeah. I am. Yeah. And, you know, we don't think about that. And when we're not in the Word, when our mind is being conformed rather than transformed, um, you know, we have a tendency to think about the things that we can see and feel and touch and the things that have been done to us and hurt us instead of thinking about what He's done. Yeah. And the one thing that I know God would love everybody in this radio audience to hear if they hear nothing else today is that I wish they knew how much I loved them. Yeah. I wish they knew how proud I was of them. Yeah. And never is there going to be a but yeah. when God says that. You know, when my dad would say, I love you, Ronnie, there would always oh, be yeah, a but. I, I I'm proud of Ronnie, but there was always a but. Yeah. Not from heaven. Yeah. From heaven, it's just look at my child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look at my child. I'm so pleased. And if they will uh, receive that, yeah. it'll change your lives. Yeah, all I could think of when Melissa was talking is uh, Psalm 2710. 
and this is one of mine as well because, you know, her story and mine kind of matches up. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. You know, I remember crying out, you know, before I got saved, where is the love that people talk about, you know, and how I heard the, the voice of the Lord. Nothing weird, but he says, I love you. I always have and I always will. And I had my, not my Hagar moment, but kind of. This is the Lord who sees me, mm-hmm. you know, as I'm ranting and raving in my frustration. Where's the love, you know? My mama didn't love me. My husband doesn't love me. Where's the love everybody's always talking about? And he says, pardon me, excuse me. I love you. I always have ours will. I created you in your mother's womb. Though, you know, I know how it was going to be, but I'm there for you. I fashioned you and I formed you for my good purpose. And so when you come on out of there, (laughs) and once I was older, come on out of your pity party. I got a plan. You're mine. You're mine. I, I, I brought you into this world for my purpose. Can you be okay with that? Most of the time, yeah. Every once in a while, it's like, mm. <laughs> really, is it going to be this hard? And he's like, yeah, but I'm going to be there with you. It's going to be okay. You know, the trials are supposed to be hard. We're going through something really hard right now uh, in our church world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're 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 facing increasing animosity from the world around us, yep. uh, both individual and government. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're, we're we're taken out of the, the kind of fellowship that we've been used to. You know, in the United States, it was always so easy to be a Christian. Yeah. You know, and just yeah. um, go to church, and everybody assumes you're one of the good guys. Um, it's not that way anymore. It's just not that way anymore. I was reading a story online today, this morning, about uh, the pastor, a worship pastor, who has um, been organizing the Hold the Line um, assemblies um, all over the country. He's going different places all the time. They just, I mentioned yesterday in the program there was 5,000 people that showed up at a beach in San Diego. Mm-hmm. That was that. that. And, and, and he said, basically, he said, you know, we've been talked out of worshiping God by the world that we live in. I want you to think about that. I said God's going to shake out his church. If you're a real Christian, how can you even think about agreeing with a command like that? You can't sing in church because it blows the little microscopic coronaviruses out. And they tell us, no, you can't do that. Yeah. I'm so sorry. How, how, what would, how would any of us explain that? Mm-hmm to the Lord. Well, Paula, we got five minutes. Let's go to, uh, it looks like an anonymous call from Orlando. Maybe I know who that is. <laughs> on line one, you're on the air, anonymous. Uh, I, don't think it's an, I don't think it's anonymous. I think it's unanimous. Unanimous. Oh, un- <laughs> unanimous. Because <laughs> all of you are going to say hi at the same time, huh? We yeah. were. Yep. So, uh, are you guys having fun? Yeah, we're missing you guys. Uh, I think that's doing a great job. Do I still have a job to come back to? Does he still have a job to come back to? I'm thinking about it. No, we're 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 unanimous. Also, you're 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 welcome back. Uh, well, we just want to say thank you, everybody, for everybody's prayer for us. We're having a blast. There is a storm coming. We may have head into Texas sooner than expected, 
but we're having a blast right now. So thank you, everybody. Okay, we love you guys. God bless. Please stay safe. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, guys. See, that's that's what love does. This isn't a church; it's a family. I'm gonna go on vacation so I can hug somebody. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna go on vacation so I can hug somebody. I mean, it could be a total stranger. I just want to hug somebody. Please, Lord Jesus, come back. <laughs> what? I'm chopped liver. I hug you. You, oh, yeah. you are not chopped. I am so thankful. You know. Uh-huh. You know. Paula, we're inside four minutes. What do you want to? do with the rest of your program? Well, you know, I just want to be encouraging. So for those of you who can't get here, you just can't get here, and you have my number and an iPhone, somebody needs to FaceTime me. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, but yeah, you know what? Uh, I keep thinking about how Queen Esther for such a time as this when, you know, the the edict went out that they were going to kill all the Jews and the people were in, in dis- distress. And and she said, I'm just going to, me and my maids, we're going to pray. We're just going to pray. And how God answered. And though the edict couldn't be overturned, as they prayed, the Lord or the king extended his scepter and accepted, you know, the advice Mordecai was was honored, and um, it says that the people rejoice because the king said, "No, no, no, you are allowed to fight for your brothers and your sisters." And as I was thinking about that, you know, quite a few people have returned to Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, and they are telling me, "Man, it felt so good to be back in church." Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, quite a few of them have recovered from this thing, you know. Um, and, in fact, one of the guys last night said, the people we were all in a big circle with, he said, you know what, we've already all had it. We've recovered. We should be able to hug each other, right? I was like, yeah, yeah. But then I said, <laughs> no, I'm the pastor's wife. I have to set the example, so no hugging. But anyway, yeah, it's it's the the king gave the edict to go and defend yourselves from all of this. And so, Calvary Chapel San Antonio, those of you who have returned and or can't be here for real issues, pray, pray, pray that God's church would raise up again and we take a stand and not be dissuaded from the essentialness, if that's a real word, of church. Well, I think we can take heart. Some of the large California churches are really taking a bold stand, and they have become objects of the governor's um, wrath, and um, he's trying to make an example of them. Um, but, you know, this is worth fighting for. I, I think it is absolutely absurd yeah. that we're talking about not hugging people. Yeah. I think it's absurd. I know. Um, I'm a grown-up. If I want to hug people, I ought to be able to do it. I understand the reasons why we're not. Yeah. But this is how in danger we all can be so quickly. Hey, thanks for tuning into the program today. You've been listening to The Date Day Show. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 9 o'clock, I'm sorry, at 4 o'clock on (laughs) 6.30 a.m. See you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. 
The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Hallelujah.